This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Every Step Along the Way, your Stoke City Preview podcast. Christmas has come and gone and after two postponements due to a Covid outbreak in the squad, we finally got back out onto the pitch against Derby. Our lacklustre performance saw us lose 2-1. No worries though, we're now looking forward to taking on Preston on Monday afternoon and we'll also round up all the latest news including loanee movements, possible January transfers, new fixture dates and even a maybe a knighthood of Stoke City legend. And as always, I'm joined here by Mike, Michael Starkley. How are you, Mike? Had a good Christmas? Uh, yeah, it was a good Christmas, mate. Uh, good time with family and uh, seeing, just seeing a little man. Uh, eyes light up for probably his last Christmas um, with the big man, um, if you get, kind of get my meaning. And um, yeah, it's, it, it was a really good time, mate. I think we all say that Christmas is for family and it, re- it really is. So managed to see a few people that we don't normally see and... And all that. Um, and I don't know about you, I'm not a big New Year's fan, personally. So, I mean, for me, this is the main kind of day around that Christmas festive period. So, yeah, uh, really good, mate. How about you? Yeah, it was good. I'd like to say kids, um, it, it's special when you've got the kids into That's the main the main point of the Christmas, I think. Now, on, uh, yeah, it was lovely to say, seeing their eyes light up and as the uh, wrapping paper goes flying everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're very regimented, mate. We've got a bag in the middle. He unwraps a present. It goes straight into the bag. Genuinely. Uh, uh, <laughs> because I've been there with the chaos before. <laughs> well, I, 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 every year, I sort of say to him, right, get the bin bag. And you can take your wrapping, put it in the bin bag. And then he's just like, I end up sort of scurrying around, just picking bits <laughs> up. And I, I'm like, it's your, if there's something missing, if you've lost sort of piece off something now... <laughs> You can go through the back of these bags. Oh, there's always it. some stray little mini screwdriver or something that's missing. Oh, 100%. i tell you one thing, though, mate. Josh had a... Um, if you think about a sniper rifle... He's only 10, bear in mind. If you think about a sniper rifle, he had one of them, but at three different settings. One's like a normal sniper rifle-type slow pace. One's a semi-automatic, and then the third one is an automatic. 
and my God, does it give a punch. He's literally shot me in the hand, and I've got like a little mini hole and a red scratch all the way across my knuckle. And I was like, way nowhere near him. The, the force and the power that comes out of that should not be given to a kid. It is like, like a little mini air pistol. Have I can't believe my hand was bleeding from it. You got a license for that? I bloody need one. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It really come keen and my hand's bleeding and everything. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, fun, mate. <laughs> well, I, I tried not to uh, buy any presents that can fatally wound. <laughs> oh, get that in your eye, you're blind, tell you. Right, let's let's crack on to the uh, well, yeah, not the, not the fun stuff. That's a derby. Uh, no, it was your little man's second match, wasn't it? Was that another Christmas present you got for him, taking in the game last night? Well, he asked for FIFA 22 for Christmas, um, so we got FIFA 22, and he's really started to take an interest in in football in general. I'd say in the last couple of months, especially. And I promised him, he asked me before Christmas, he said, will, will you take me to a game? I was like, OK, well, which game do I choose? I'll take him to Derby, the one that we're more likely to win. Ah, yeah, fat chance. Um, but yeah, anyway, you're right. Second game, mate. And despite the results, um, he wants to go back. So he wants to go to Lake Orient um, in a few weeks or whatever week time. Um, so it's positive, mate, if you can do that. He was commenting about how loud the Derby fans were, and I have to agree. I thought Derby were absolutely brilliant support. Um, probably the best I think the Brits had. Brits, yeah, the Bet three six fives had uh, this season. Um, but yeah, he he loved it, mate. And I tell you what, I was on mug. He, he want, I forgot the snacks, didn't I? So we got there, and I was like, he, I was like, do you want anything to eat? Um, and he wants bloody crisps. I got him Pringles. I kid you not. How Stoke have the cheek to charge what is like two pound forty for a quarter box of Pringles? I'll never know. There was no other crisps there, Dan. So I was like, it's either that or going to say, no, you can't have it. And I'm like, probably should have said no. But honestly, mate, I can't believe the cheek. I've seen football prices get banded around for the catering, but it was disgusting. Isn't the, um, <clears throat> isn't the uh, like a, a bag of sweets at like £3.50? Like fruit parcels and stuff. It, it was something sweets obscene. are available. Yeah, it, absolutely obscene, mate. Um, I mean, we've all been there when, you know, like the, I mean, the Pepsi's like £2.20 for a bottle that you can get. 55p and you know pound stretcher or something just i, mean, I guess that, that again that's probably where they make a lot of the money I, I get it it's a business they can charge what they want they've got a captive audience um would i do it the same if it was my business yeah i probably would so yeah it's one of them you go to a game you go and buy the food you've got to expect it so yes i'm having a whinge but i've only got myself to blame for not taking our, our own stuff in mate so yeah, yeah i mean the, the fact that you have to queue up for so long to get anything says that oh, it the was current easy. prices are uh you're working for them. Yeah, honestly, mate, it was easy. There was no problems at all. I had my pick of, I mean, that that's probably another problem. I mean, the fans, I think they reported 22,500. Not a bloody chance in hell was that 22,500. I'd say knock about five or 6,000 off that at least. Um, once again, I know we kind of say, you know, that the, the supporters probably need something to shout about. But for me, we're just, it's like a morgue in that place. Like, there's no atmosphere, no one sings, no one does anything until some contentious moment happens. Um, it can't always be down to the players. Something's happened, mate, since fans come back, and I can't remember if I messaged this to you or not um, last night, but something's happened since we've come back. It's like we've got a ground full of tourists, mate, who don't know the songs, 
we're just there to watch a football match and go home. That's what it feels like. I'm sure that's not the case. I'm sure there's thousands of diehard Stokies there. But, uh, can you think what it is? Because um, you might disagree. You might think it's fine. But for me, it's just it's just awful. I can't believe how bad it is. Yeah, I, th- I agree with you in that respect. I think it, is, it has been quiet since we've come back. The reason, I, I can't put a finger on it, uh, whether people are still a bit contentious as to sort of let themselves go with it. Um, do we need that sort of moment, that sort of game that, that brings everybody back together again after being away for so long? Uh, are we yet to have that maybe? Can't really pinpoint much. I mean, have we maybe had the fact that with a lot of our fans, and maybe the ones that are going, are newly Premier League fans who are used to seeing good times and all of a sudden now it ain't so good, so maybe they lost a bit of enthusiasm? I mean, obviously I'm making an assumption, mate, but I, I, it's just every time I seem to go, it seems to be dead. I mean, we, we, the on the season, we're in the playoffs, you know, you're going for promotion. You should be a, a ground full of optimism and full of noise and all that. It's nothing. It just, it baffles me. I mean, again, maybe the player, well, not maybe, the players do have to hold some responsibility for last night. But, um, yeah, sorry, mate, I'm kind of going off a tangent there. But, yeah, for me, mate, it was just, it was bad. Um, I'll let you give your overview of the team if you want first in terms of what you thought. Um, mine isn't going to be as long as yours because I know you've had a bit of a rant as you were making some notes last night from what you were telling me. So uh, you have a rant, but we'll all listen. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably hold back a bit off my rant, you know, try and, try and remain positive. Um, I'd say that obviously I, I was expecting this to be rusty. And the way I could see the game was, I think, I felt that the first third of it, we would maybe need to uh, feel our way into the game after being so long without playing. And I was expecting us to be on the back foot early doors. And then what I was hoping was that as we then found our feet in the game, during like the middle third, the final half an hour, we would then be on top as Derby maybe would start feeling the legs a little bit, having played a couple of days ago. Um, it didn't quite work out like that, did it? No. <laughs> no, not not by a long short, mate. Um, it, it, I just... I think O'Neill, in his, in his post-match kind of press conference, I think he's half tried to blame COVID a couple of times. And he's like, oh, well, I can't use that as an excuse. And it's like, he knows he can't, to be honest. But as someone who hasn't had COVID, I can't tell you what it feels like three or four days after you've had it. I can't tell whether you're more fatigued. I can't. I, I assume, like things like chest infections, I guess for the, for the really ill people. I'm not. I'm not sure how much of the team were actually ill and how often were just asymptomatic. But um, maybe it is an excuse. I mean, not for the entire team to be dreadful. But for some of them, maybe. Um, and I don't know what you think, mate, but obviously with Powell not being here, um, the one thing that's quite clear to me is that when he's here, when he's not here, if Mario isn't on form, the entire team suffers. That midfield was so, so static. And I'm not saying that Powell would have necessarily transformed that game last night because there's too many bad players. But, um, you know, when, as I said, when Mario's not on it, we don't have any creativity whatsoever for me. Uh, I mean, Alan, I saw a few comments afterwards. It seems to have mixed reviews, and I'm not sure what you think, mate, but I thought Joe Allen, bar the losing his man and going running like a headless chicken to try and close a player down who already had two players on him, and obviously then conceded that for the second goal, but um, I thought Allen was actually pretty solid. 
uh, last night. Other than that, I'm not sure if you'd agree with that one or not. Yeah, I mean, being pretty solid last night puts him in the uh, upper echelons of, of performances, doesn't it? There wasn't much above solid. <laughs> no, no. Um, and I think part of the problem with him, though, is that he gave the fans some, not sticky, <laughs> they all got booed off and he threw his hands up, didn't he? I mean, what, what was he expecting? Come on. <laughs> the first, I mean, he's cupped his ears before. Now he's throwing his arms around. He's, he wants to be careful because if the crowd turned properly on him, then... You know, we, you've seen with other people, managers, players, uh, Stoke crowd, once they've gone, it's very difficult to win them back. And uh, he's not exactly Mr. Popular start off with, uh, you know, whether that's right or wrong. There are plenty of people who don't sort of, you know, want him around as it is. Yeah, uh, to be fair, mate, isn't he one of the ones in the last year of his contract? Yeah, I think so, yes. Yeah, which will give us a lot of wiggle room wages-wise. Wages wise. Once yeah, that the reporting is on a like fifty odd grand a week or something like that. Still, I yeah, mean, well, that's, Christ. I mean, obviously, I think he was on more than that once in the Premier League, and then we reported. I don't know, so we don't know. Um, but then, obviously, his wages would have been halved when we were relegated. But then they gave him a new contract under Rowett, which obviously bumped his wages back up again. Mm. Uh, which, in hindsight, no one was complaining about at the time, were they? Everyone thought, you know, they did him, there was him, Shawcross, uh, Moritz Bauer. Everybody was happy with that at the time. Yeah. You know, that, but obviously, as it's worked out, it's sort of you know, been a bit of a, a noose around the neck kind of thing. I mean, you mentioned Shawcross. What do you think? I mean, again, sorry, I'm not sure I think you were there last night because of family reasons. But, I mean, what did you think about the whole Shawcross coming out at half-time? I did see a comment personally where they're like, why is he coming out at half-time when the stadium, everyone goes in for the drinks, toilets and all that business, and then Shawcross comes out. It felt a bit, again, a bit more of a dead rubber. I mean, bring him out pre-match, you know, get fans going a little bit, but... Yeah, uh, I think the problem, the problem pre-match may have been that uh, obviously with, with the, the new COVID passport system and all that kind of stuff, they maybe didn't know that everybody would be in before kickoff. Right. Yeah, fair point. Maybe that could have been the reason. Uh, but a lot of these things, I mean, yeah, they're always looking out to fill that 15 minutes, aren't they? They've done games in the past, haven't they, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, shooting from the halfway line with 50 quid or whatever. So. I suppose bringing a player out just you know, just sort of gives the, the passes the time for those who aren't going to get a drink or you know maybe going to use the toilet or something in the back in the seat. Yeah, no, fair enough, mate. And I've got I've made a couple of notes as, as well, and I mean I'm sure you've probably got similar notes to this, but um, I thought Davis did nothing wrong. I mean, in fairness, I think he made that one good save, which I know was offside, but he made a good save. Other than that, I can't really think he did too much more other than pulling the, the ball out of his net. Uh, a few shaky moments in terms of, you know, at, at the back, but I mean, that that happens, so I'm, I'm not going to give him a stick. Um, Defence, I think, as a whole, were, were struggling, shaky, couldn't keep up with the pace. Um, somebody said about Danny Bart, you know, thank God that experiment's out, uh, hopefully over. I mean, Danny Bart's been brilliant since he came back. Since he came, I think it was, was it Blackpool, I think he came in at half-time when me and you were there. Um, and for me, Danny Bart's the least of our problems at the back right now. Um, I don't think it's just one of them. I don't think any of them can look at themselves last night and think, "Oh yeah, I had I had a good game there." Not a single one of them. Everyone was off base. 
I actually, I actually thought Davies had a pretty poor game, to be honest. Oh, really? um, okay. Yeah, I thought you know, he was slow off his line uh, more than once. He needed to be more alert, really, and braver. Um, there was that time when Wilmot was trying to shield the ball back to him, and he's holding oh, yeah. off the attacker, and he just sort of stood and just stared at him. And I'm like, you need to be more proactive there. You need to be getting out and you know, sliding out, taking that ball because as it happened, I think was it Danny Bartu that ended up. Somebody then come round him and managed oh, to just toe poke yes. around him and he went just wide. Forgot that, about that. that situation. Yeah, that situation should never have arose. Davies should have come out and took command of that. Wilmot had done his bit, holding the holding the, the the attacker off, and that was down to Davies then to come sliding out and take that you know take charge of the situation. Yeah, uh, for me. Yeah, I think Fair there was enough. a couple of other times as well that that touch he had where he went out for a corner. You just oh yeah, mate. Yeah. You know what? I'm changing my <laughs> verdict as you keep raising these. I I think I'd wipe these out of my memory. Uh, yeah, and yeah, um, it but it was a very heavy back pass. In fairness, but yeah, the touch wasn't great. And I think that's why. I mean, I've always said I prefer Joe Bursic, especially how we're going to play. And mm-hmm. it's that sort of there. You see that heavy touch. I think that's the beauty of having Bursic in goal. He would he can sort of take those balls then and heavy back passes. He's more confident on the ball, isn't he? and he's got a better range of passing to set us off on attacks. So um, that's why I've always preferred Bursic, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he, I think yeah, Bo, uh, Joe, Bo, Joe is the best, uh, better goalkeeper without without a shadow of a doubt, mate. And um, I thought strike-wise, I'm not going to go say too much on this. Brown and Campbell were absolutely useless last night, but I think that the one thing I would probably say, Tyrese ran about. As he always does, which and as did Brown, uh, but I think the thing for me is that that is the absolute bare minimum I expect from a professional footballer. So I'm not giving him any credit for for running around and putting some effort in. That that's that's neither here there. And I think part of their poor performance was the fact that we had nothing in midfield, so they've had very very little to actually you know feed off. To be honest, so I think Brian Campbell we can't really say too much about. We can't really give him a rating if I was the sentinel kind of. Um, Whatever they do, I can't remember what to call it now. But yeah, they give them ratings out of ten, don't they? Um, for me, you can't you can't rate them because they literally barely touch the ball. So I think that's the the one key thing. I think the one highlight, funny enough, and I never thought I'd say this, Tom Ince, like he looked like a man possessed when he came on. I mean, it's a very very good take for for the goal. But it, obviously, it was his old club, so I think he's coming on. He's got like a a point to prove in his own mind, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if he finds his way onto a team sheet for Preston. Really wouldn't. I don't know where he'll play, but it wouldn't overly surprise me. And I think the one thing as well that kind of comes to my mind, and I put this on my notes yesterday evening, I put God help us in capital letters if we somehow sneak up. We think Norwich are bad, mate. We'll absolutely get demolished. I mean, how many players in this current squad can you look at and go, yeah, he could be a Premier League player? I mean, Suter, you could say, potentially. Again, this is potential. We don't know. He's a good defender. Probably would. Suter, you definitely go with. I'm trying to think of the team last night. I'd say we've got. I'd say we, when everybody's fit, we've got a good. We've got a, a spine who have the potential to be Premier League players. Who are you but putting in thing, that spine, though? The thing is, none of them are actually got any Premier League experience. Exactly. So if we did go up and we did, I'm thinking you've got. And this, the thing is, it's potential as well. They may not be ready quite yet. If we go up this year, yeah. you've got Bursic, Suter, Powell, 
Campbell. That's the problem with Jelly Legs, though, also known as Powell, is he's injured <laughs> every five minutes. That's the problem. We said on the last pod, Powell is a great player when he's fit. But the problem you always say with Powell is when he's fit, you always finish that sentence off. Um, so and is it, it, would he be better suited to the Premier League that's that a little bit less physical and frantic than the Championship? Uh, the, the games don't come as thick and fast, so you get more rests. It could actually benefit him. But yeah, I think, like I say, you've got Bursic, Suter, Powell, Campbell. If we were to keep those four, I think we probably do need seven new signings. <laughs> Which never, never good, is it? Let's be yeah. honest. Seven or eight um, players in a team never goes well. But then again, if we are going to go up, the performance is going to have to improve. The players are going to have to get better. So come May, it might be that that seven becomes five. You know, Maybe a Josh Timing takes it up another level. And you think, yeah, OK, we don't need a left wing back. Uh, yeah, so I think starting-wise, if we wanted to be confident of staying up, we would, yeah, you're looking... At the minute, you'd probably be looking at seven new signings for your starting eleven straight away. But there's a long, there's a long way to go between now and uh, planning for the Premier League. <laughs> oh mate, and the money you would have to spend as well. I mean, it, we'd probably have to almost wipe out our hundred million for getting promoted, which I don't yeah, think the club would I, ever do again. To be honest, I don't, I don't think they do it. Yeah, I, I don't think that'd be an issue. To be honest, I think they, I think they, because they haven't been able to spend much recently, have they? But uh, well, transfer wise, I think we, I think they're. Uh, Plowing money into the club wages wise, aren't they? So yeah. Um, oh, actually, one thing, mate. I've just just seen. I've just been flicking through the comments, and someone's just come back up and reminded me. Um, <clears throat> do you think our formation is basically just not working anymore? Do you think we've we've been found out? I don't know about being found out. I'm wondering whether the personnel, because obviously that formation leads and and requires uh, defenders who are good on the ball, who can sort of step out. And then obviously it improves your numbers and that and going forward. And I think what I, I, some of the notes that I was making on the game, like as well, was I, it showed how much we missed Sutar and Bursic in the building from the back last night. As in, like, you know, Davis just needs that extra touch of the ball. He can't quite spread the play as well. The defence don't feel as comfortable passing the ball back to him. Um, but also, like, Sutar, I mean, Danny Bart's great at defending. But then when we were trying to build from the back, it was all on Ben Wilmot. And the the opposition know that. So they can sort of stop him from coming out and then coming out with the ball, driving with it. You know, you're not going to get the same from Fox and Suter, uh, Fox and Bart. So obviously when Harry Suter was we knew when he got the ball that it was possible that he would then push into midfield with it. He would yeah. carry it forward or he could put a 50-yard diagonal going out to Tymon or Smith and set us on attacks like that. Now we haven't got those players, it might be that the best formation for this club is maybe go 4-4-2, and that could be where Tom Ince comes in. But I think if you're going to do that, I mean, you could have Josh Tymon on the left wing, Morgan Fox at left back. Um, But, I mean, Tommy Smith Smith needs to be careful because Tom Edwards is back. And for yeah. me, Tommy Smith was terrible last night. <clears throat> yeah, he was. And he's not he's not been great recently in general, has he? He's not like early in the season, I mean he was bombing forward, getting good crosses yeah. in. And 
he's he's not that right now. He's far I, away from what he was. I don't know what um, he was thinking last night, but every time he got the ball, I understand that Derby's back three have got a, 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 you know, a combined age of over 100. You know, you've got, you've got Curtis Davis, um, Forsyth, Phil Jagielka. But so obviously getting in behind them, I think that's why Brown and Campbell maybe played, that they were going to press. But also any balls over the top, they could use their pace. But what, what Smith was doing, there was nobody pushed up further forward because we couldn't really, we weren't building enough to get down the pitch. And he was just lumping balls long over the top, straight to the keeper, time and time again. Yeah. He wasn't even looking. He was just, you know, his first touch would have been open his body and then just smash it down the line, smash it 50, 60 yards. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? What, what you know, understand the plan of getting in behind, but this isn't, it's not working because we're not far enough. We haven't got enough control of the game yeah. to get the strikers far enough. The strikers are coming looking for the ball because they're not involved. We really miss Fletcher. I mean, I understand the reason why they would have gone with Brown and um, Campbell. To me, we, we, they've played together and every time they've played as a two, it just doesn't work. They just, they just don't work together. We really miss Stephen Fletcher. Yeah, he was okay when he came on. Again, a bit like the others, he didn't have much to do other than a cheeky back heel to keep the ball in play. I don't really remember him doing all that much personally but I'm not going to hit him over the head with that because I, I, again the, the actual supply just wasn't there like you rightly point out it was hoofing it long half the time and I, I, don't, I don't know mate There's so, there was so much wrong last night and I've seen fans calling for O'Neill's head and it's like just just give over for a start um, and you know, there'll be people out there and people listening that no doubt will think he should go and I I'd love to actually have a proper conversation with someone who thinks he should go and get the reasons behind it. I'm not going to get into that now because we'll spend an hour doing the Derby uh, kind of review, but um, I totally disagree with that. I don't think we should replace him at all. We'll end up back down the same blinking path of having to replace an entire squad of players, all on different contracts. I, just, I can't go through that again. I've had enough of it. So just try and keep a little bit of faith. Wait, no, Now, if we get everyone back and we get everyone fit and it's still really bad, Okay, I can maybe start getting on board that maybe O'Neill's out of his depth. But right now, with the team and the injuries we've got, no, not not just not just yet. I'm not in that camp. Yeah, let's not forget as well. You know, ever since he came into this club, he's had his hands tied financially. He's not been able to go out and spend like previous managers have. And more importantly, he's not been able to go out and bring in. You know, he's had the movement and the and the availability of players that other managers in and around the playoffs have. And yeah, you know, people will come back to us and go, well, you know, we spent more money even now than Barnsley did on their squad last year. And, you know, well, Blackpool aren't too far off the playoffs. And the yeah, you're always going to get them kind of clubs. But, you know, from where we were when he's come in, he's at, we, we were a basket case of a club, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. It was a shambles. You know, the money that they, they were paying out to people who weren't even at the club refusing to play near enough. You know, they didn't want around because they were toxic. Yet they were paying, you know, I bet you more than half the wage bill was walking out the door in July to go yep. play for other clubs. And we were still paying them. Yet, yet he's still expected to get, you know, put a squad together, a 25-man squad together from what's left of his wage allocation to go and challenge for the top six. 
Yeah, and I think part of, I mean, I'm sure we might end up coming on to any transfer news and stuff like that, but um, we, we ain't going to be spending much money in January, if any money at all. So, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, going back to the Derby game as well, there's just, I think Sam Lucas played last night. It was, for me, absolutely dreadful. <laughs> One of the worst performances I've ever seen from a Stoke player. <laughs> and he just capped it off by going on his backside for the winning goal, didn't he, as well? Um, which, you know, I, I, I thought he was anonymous. And then I had to go back and put, the, that's being kind, to say he's anonymous. Um, yeah. But I think if there's one player whose stock rose after last night, it was probably Remain Sawyers. <laughs> yes, I was thinking this myself the other night. Wow, yeah, remains so is. Yeah, again, it's funny, isn't it? Even though he hasn't been amazing when he's out of the team, uh, again, a bit of pace, a bit of control in that midfield. Um, maybe that's what we needed. We needed that kind of control where it allows the Vrancic to have a bit more of a freer role and stuff like that. But yeah, absolutely fair point, mate. Um, it would have been nice to see Soyuz in there, but. Oh, well. honest, I think I think it would have been the perfect game for him as well. How they set up, but obviously how deep they were here and they were making it difficult. Um, which in their situation with the squad they've got, I think Rooney's doing a fantastic job. Really, he's, he's kept them. T- he's look how many goals they've conceded this season. Yeah, he's he's kept that squad, and he's made them into a real tough unit to break down. And obviously, yeah, they they, they are going to sit deep. They are going to be, um, but then when they got the ball. I mean, their midfield as well was all over ours. I don't think they deserve to go down, mate, based on the showing that they're, they're having at the minute. I know they've had the 21-point deduction, but I think I saw this stat last night. I think they'd be sitting in 13th right now um, if they hadn't had that deduction. But as, as, a, as a team, if they carry on how they're going with the, the attitude they've got and, and all that, they'll somehow keep themselves up. I can see it, you, can, you, you can see it coming, can't you? It wouldn't be hard to think. And... Um, I can, I can only imagine if I mean imagine if they go down, then they're going to lose a lot of them players. But um, yeah, they they looked they looked brilliant. I'm going to call it they they looked brilliant last night. You can't fault their attitude and and and, and all that anyway. So no, I mean fair enough with all the crap that, that they've got going on. You know, good good on them really for for a really good performance. And uh, like I said earlier, I think the fan their fans were brilliant. So um, yeah, it was just an overall disappointing night. But at least my son wants to go back and watch the match, which, God help him. <laughs> so, uh, never mind. <laughs> I will say, I mean, <clears throat> obviously they brought on sort of their sort of experienced players, the class, I mean, these Ravel Morrison and, and Colin Kazim Richards. But I did notice that Ravel Morrison has the name Ravel on the back of his tongue. I mean, what? Do, who does he think he is exactly? <laughs> I mean, he's got... All that talent, you know, he was touted as, you know, a future England superstar. Ferguson said he's one of the most talented players he'd ever seen come through at Man United. But he's been a complete waster his entire career, moved around everywhere, yet still thinks he's some sort of icon who can just have his nickname and Ravel. I'm back to shit. That made, if, if you'd actually fulfilled your potential, then yeah, by all means, Oh uh, well, never mind. I think I thought he was pretty decent the other night, but yeah. No, you're right, mate. Uh, Rooney's doing a, a decent job, and I didn't think I'd be saying that about Wayne Rooney, but never mind. 
Yes, I think uh, to round it up, I think we just need to play with tempo. I think it's 10, 15 minutes in the second half. We actually played quite well. And that was the only was the sort of spell that we had. And we were pressing, we were on the front foot, pushing. And uh, it was that tempo that really, I know we didn't really create any many great chances from it, but I think Derby defended it while the ball's in the box and everything. And uh, I think going forward, that's we play a lot better when we're pushing and going forward and, and pressing. You know, with a lot, of, it, it's quick tempo. When we're taking three, four, five touches on the ball, it just kills any momentum and it, it slows everything down. We're so much a better team when we're playing the one-two touch football and moving it well quickly. Yeah. I thought one thing that was telling as well for me, mate, just to kind of finish this section up. So um, we had the man of the match poll, didn't we? Uh, that you put out there when I was fighting to get home last night. Um, have you seen the results so far? Yeah, I saw them. I saw them like not long after I put it up. You know. So I've, I've, I've got them up here. So um, <laughs> the, when you see other being as the main overall winner, um, so far, you know that it, you've basically chosen badly on your selections. <laughs> but in Venice, mate, I don't, I, I don't blame you for this. Trying to find three people you could put out there was ridiculously hard. But anyway, you put out Timon, Bart and Wilmot, um, and obviously then other. So uh, Timon and Bart uh, got 21% each. Uh, Wilmot was 12% and other was 46%. Um, the main kind of... The referee got one. Uh, so, oh God, let's let's not get into the ref. That might be another half an hour. Um, but he was He blinking dead, didn't he? Um, but yeah, I think the the one overriding factor is I think Tom Ince wins it. To be honest, I mean, Alan got a few shout outs here. I mean, uh, you know, again, uh, Graham Canning. I think one of his comments said Ince for me the one touch of class all night. Alan get a kick in on here, but I thought he was the best midfielder by far. Clickers anonymous first half and unfortunately not anonymous second half as he gave them the game on a plate. Um, but there's a lot of um, Ince and Joe Allen. So to be, to be fair, mate, of, for how, how long Ince was on the pitch shows how bad the rest of the team were um, and the fact that he ended up getting man of the match by the looks of this. So, yeah. Yeah, look, looking, at, looking at this here, it's like about six for Joe Allen, five for Tom Ince. So, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> Then obviously... Yeah. There's a lot of votes that people have put other and not commented. Um, taking that ratio, I think, yeah, Joe Allen definitely would be a, he'd be up there as man of the match. Yeah. Oh, well, let's move on. <laughs> we'll, we'll be again slowly depressed as the, as the time goes on. So let's move on to maybe some more positive news, hopefully. Yeah, so we say news. Let's hit the news section. So the first bit of news we've had came out yesterday is there's a new date for the Barnsley game. So it's now going to be played, should, obviously should have been Boxing Day, um, obviously postponed because of COVID along with the Coventry game the week before. Uh, it's now going to be played Wednesday the 12th of January. Um, so I suppose that's not great for those people who were hoping to go bar, um, Barnsley on uh, Boxing Day. I imagine a lot of those are going to probably miss out on the Wednesday game. But as the club have said that the, you know you can refund any tickets that you brought for the game if you're unavailable for the rearranged date. Uh, still awaiting a date for Coventry, but yeah, Barnsley, uh, we're getting it right straight straight in there, aren't we? I suppose we don't want uh, too much of a fixture backlog. I suppose. No, I said we're going to be in the in the scenario very soon, though, aren't we? Where it's going to be like you know Saturday, Monday, Friday, you know that type of um, 
stint. I, I mean, I think O'Neill alluded to that in his in his press conference the other day, and it's, it's just we're gonna have to just accept it. It's where it is. I mean, obviously, COVID's still running rife at the minute. I mean, this is just this could just be the beginning. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. But um, I think everything's unpredictable right now. I think the one thing that is going to be very interesting when we've got past this period, um, seeing kind of where we are uh, in the grand scheme of things, because. I mean, we've got a lot of games, I think, uh, in a very short space of time coming up and we need to be in the top 10, no more than a couple of wins away from, I think, the playoffs realistically after this run of games. I mean, Barnsley won't be easy. They're, they're, a, diff, they're a difficult team, but mind you, in typical O'Neill fashion, what games are easy in this division? We just played a team who are apparently are bottom of the league and we've clearly shown that that's not uh, much of a gauge. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how things go. I'm sure the rearrangement will help others and disadvantage others who don't want to, you know, go on that day and all that. And that's just that's part and parcel of any postponements, I guess. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes, mate. I must admit, Barnsley isn't one that I'm very keen on going. Um, whether we'll have the same following after that performance last night, uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, something tells me there's going to be plenty of seats available for Barnsley. Yeah, I think the, the two away games that were called off, I think we had like 7,500 tickets sold, don't we, for the two combined? Yeah. Just uh, <clears throat> really unfortunate. Um, I mean, obviously there's no new date for the Coventry game yet, but I can't see one of those forthcoming. I mean, because obviously we only called it off because we were so scared of playing them with all our injuries, <laughs> didn't we? And I mean, the news on the injuries is that Jordan Thompson's back training on grass uh, with, with, the, with the fitness team. Apparently, Nick Powell's, Nick Powell's not too far behind him from what has been said this week, which is encouraging. Uh, but Remain Sawyers and Joe Bersick, they're out till March. Uh, so it's going to be a March-April date for Coventry because we've got to wait until all them are fit, haven't we? Otherwise, you know, there was no point calling it off in the first place. I saw that Luton got very scared as well and had to cancel their game against Coventry. Yeah, I think, I think they were terrified after Millwall beat Coventry 1-0 the night before. They thought if Millwall can only win one 0 this is a bad game for us. That's what they, that's what they must have thought. Oh yeah, um, God, so delusional. Yeah. Uh, but on the on the date of obviously games piling up and being called off, I mean there was a couple that were called off really late notice. Unfortunately, fortunately they weren't Stoke games. Uh, but there were a couple called off like two hours before, weren't they? Because yeah, uh, they were testing the players on the day of the game. And yesterday, there was a change in rules. So the EFL has said there'll be no COVID testing of players will take place on match days, which will stop any late postponements of games. So you'll find out if your game's on or off the night before. There'll be nothing like fans travelling up and down the country to find out the game's off an hour, two hours beforehand. Right, yeah. But must admit, kind of... Um, not related to Stoke again, but I totally get that, and that's definitely the right thing to do because there was there's a fixture I saw. I swear it was like Notts County versus Kings Lane. It was something like that. Me and my dad were looking at it at the weekend, and they ended up calling the match off 25 minutes before the kickoff, and the fans had travelled all that way to you're go and watch the match. Up. Yeah, you're in the ground, aren't you? You know, you literally you've got your pie in one hand, your beer in the other if if you drink, um, and you're waiting for the players to come out. I mean, the players were probably already out warming up. Um, some the of them. team sheets are out an hour before, aren't they? So yeah, so uh, uh, just that's inexcusable. Um, and they should have all the blinking travel costs refunded um, completely. I mean, yeah, 
but either way, mate, you're right. It's it's kind of stacking up. I mean, I know we've got we've got Preston on Monday. Um, got Lake Norians, which you know, the little man. We're going to go to Lake Norians um, as well, mate. So that's should be good. And then, as you rightly point out, away to Barnsley. So we're playing Monday, Sunday, Wednesday. Um, by the looks of it, uh, there and then again another one midweek after that. So it's piling up, and then we've got a nice easy game against Fulham in the middle of January. So yeah, lovely jubbly. Can imagine it. They're right at the bottom of the form table at the minute. They're at nineteenth, twentieth. So they. But this is stuck, What team well, do they want to? What team do they want to face if they're out of form? If anybody wants to, see, you know, obviously they've scored a lot of goals, and it isn't just him. But if you want to get go and have a look at when Alexandra Mitrovic scores and Fulham's results, and when he doesn't score and Fulham's results, and you'll see that if you can keep him quiet, then pretty much you can normally get something out of the game, usually three points. Which, uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on, January is on the horizon. The transfer window will soon be open. And it appears that we are trying to create ourselves a little bit of wiggle room. Now, I don't know what your thoughts on this are, but fans' favourite, Leo Ostergaard, is being recalled by Brighton. He's being sort of allowed to return to Brighton, it seems. Um, I know you probably think it's probably the other Brighton loanee we should be allowing back. <laughs> um, but I can see I can see the plan, I think, here. I can see the benefit. Um, it's just... Have we got somebody lined up to come in? That's my thought. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think, Mike, on uh, Leo's return to Brighton? Um, I'm not overly bothered, mate. To be honest, I think when he first came, he looked he looked decent. Um, didn't really do anything wrong. I didn't think he did much wrong to get dropped in the first place in terms of performance wise. But quite clearly, for me, something's happened behind the scenes there. That's not just him. You know, having a few bad performances, he's not even making the bench. He's 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 doing nothing. So he's either fell out with the with the manager. Um, he's not trying on nothing training or something's happened. But that's not down to purely football on the pitch matters. No way, shape, or form. So I think defense is probably the least of our problems right now. I mean, again, I know we had a bad performance, but uh, we, if it means letting Leo go back um, and bringing in an attacking midfielder, someone to replace. Powell, um, then for me that is that can't be a bad thing. It just can't. <laughs> so I'm not overly fussed about Leo going back. Seema, I, I don't know what the story is with Seema. Um, no one has a clue if the guy's any good because he's barely even kicked a ball for us. I know he obviously can't play for for any other teams. I don't think other than was it Sparta Prague or something like that, um, and probably Bratton themselves. So. I, I, I don't know. He can't even play for Brighton. Oh, he can't play for Brighton. Of course, he can't. So, yeah. So again, the you, you just don't know what clauses are in contracts. Do you? I mean, clearly we've got a way of getting out of this this loan because all parties agree. So no dramas. I'm still thinking we need to rip up the Soyuz loan deal if we can. But I guess as far as West Brom are concerned, they probably didn't want him in the first place. Now he's going to be out till March. From their perspective, why should we rip up the the loan deal? Because we'll be paying some of the wages, if not maybe the majority of them. Why would it's not in West Brom's interest to do that? So um, I don't know, mate. Again, we're going to have a lot of wasted wages. So I'm, in very simple terms, I'm not bothered. Leo's going back. So the, the, what I can see happening, what I can see happening is that we're sending Ostergaard back because he can only really play on the right side. We tried Wilmot on the left hand side. 
and it sort of took away a lot from his game on you know carrying the ball, his distribution. He looks a lot less natural on the left. So I think what they've said, what this getting into O'Neill's head, how I see it, he's maybe thinking, right, and stick Ben Wilmot on the right hand side. That's where he's going to play. So that sort of then means Leo Ostergaard's only really got the centre to go at. You know, and then Danny Bart's playing well there. So he's not going to go in there. But what that does leave is the left centre half. Now James Chester's played there, not really covered himself in glory. <laughs> not by Morgan Fox is playing there now. He's, you know, I, I don't think he had a great game last last night, but he's been doing he's been solid. And he's probably a decent player to have there, but he probably wants more than decent. He'll, what he'll want is he'll want a left-sided version of Ben Wilmot, somebody who's comfortable on the ball, someone who can carry it forward. Do you want to say like we've like I was saying we've lost out with Harry Suter not being in the team? We've only really got the one of the three centre halves now who's comfortable on the ball. So and that isn't really Ostergaard's game either, is it? He's a heady kick it kind of defender. So I think he's going to send Ostergaard back and they're going to look for a natural left-sided defender to play in the back three who's comfortable on the ball and is you know happy to sort of take the ball and take it under pressure who can you know, pop it off and stuff like that and, and that's what I think he'll be looking for as a replacement I think that's why he's going back So <clears throat> they've already been banging on about how hard we all know how, how hard it is in January when you've got money so when you haven't got money it's even harder. So um, there'll be a loan. There'll be a loan deal, and it'll probably think? be a youngster. I mean, you know, he's, he's showed he's not scared of uh, you know bringing in young players, whether that be from other teams or or from our academy or under twenty threes. I think we'll, there'll be a there'll be a somebody on the radar. A Premier League team will have a left sided defender somewhere, and I'm sure they've probably highlighted you know a few options already. Um, I'm one thinking defender. more about the attacking midfielder section, though, mate, to be honest. If, if well, we, I say I think we can cope in defence, but if it's a choice of, you know, we either get a defender in or an attacking midfielder, it's, it's, it's a no contest for me. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, at the minute, we're down to the bare bones in midfield, aren't we? There's only the three. You know, there's Vrancic, Allen and Klukas. Pick themselves, because there's literally nobody else. Everyone else yeah. is injured. <laughs> um, you know, your Thompson, your Powell, your Oakley Booths. Um, you know, they're all they're all injured at the minute. Uh, what I have seen is a link to a, a forward from Cambridge, 17-year-old, uh, Salim Akambi. Uh, apparently Wolves are also interested. Uh, but yeah, the Stoke have shown serious interest and are looking to fast-track him into the first team. So I don't know, uh, you know, at 17, playing for Cambridge, I don't know what kind of fee or anything will be involved. Um, but Hopefully we can afford Cambridge's players. You know, it's bad if we can't. Yeah, um, but yeah, obviously he must. You know, Wolves are interested in him as well. I'd say so. He's uh, must be doing something right. Yeah, I think he's been playing on the under eighteen side with Cambridge, though, hasn't he? I mean, I mean, it gets one of them. It depends how in, how keen this Wolves interest is as well, because I always say. I mean, we, we 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 were the same, you know, when we were after players and and all that, you know, you, you'd easily gazump the championship teams if you were a Premier League team. And I know Wolves aren't having a great season, but you would definitely say that he'd probably fancy Wolves over Stoke. I think I potentially would do. I think money wise, they'd probably be able to easily pay more than us 
Uh, you don't know what the, what's in the player's mind. Um, it's a lot to ask, though, for a 17-year-old to kind of come in and go into the first team quite quickly. Yeah, so, I, suppose, I suppose it's healthy to too. Is if they are saying they're looking to fast-track him into the first team, that might be their way of swaying his, his interest. Um, one player who won't be coming in, it seems, though, is John Souter. Uh, Hart have said he's going nowhere in January uh, unless they get a... Uh, a substantial bid for him, even though he's out of contract in the summer. Uh, Art to third in the Scottish Premier League. They're looking to qualify for Europe. Um, so, yeah, the manager said it needs more than the mediocre fees being banded around. <laughs> uh, but okay. there's, yes, Stoke, Middlesbrough, Forest, Rangers, Celtic, all linked with him. Uh, he can't sign for Rangers and Celtic on a pre-contract uh, in January, but he could do any English club. So we could sign him, ready for next season. Uh, but yeah, the uh, Hearts have made it clear that unless they get, you know, and I think they were looking for seven or eight million for him, weren't they, last year? So unless they get a big fee, they're not going to be letting him go in January because of affecting their season. They're, they're prepared, prepared to let him go for nothing in the summer. Yeah, sounds like it. Maybe, maybe we should we should have done the same with Inzonzi all that time ago, but never mind. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, yeah, Suter... I think it's obvious we get we get links, and there's no doubt we want him. But yeah, just find Sodom then. We'll we'll do what we can um, for for the rest of this season without him. Uh, sign him on pre-contract. I mean, you'd hope if it's between us and Middlesbrough that we would hopefully be the better option. And and obviously the family tie means that it's very much you know in our favour. I think either way, but Bora won't pay more wages than Stoke. I don't think. I can't see that being a problem. So I guess it's where where he sees his his future line, I guess. But yeah, I mean, the money that was on, they were on about uh, him, like, what was it? Well, it was in the summer. Um, And they were talking that up to a million quid. So that's some drop from 8 million to a million. Um, I don't think Stoke would have enough money to pay it. Uh, I question whether the other teams linked would have enough money to pay it right now either. So yeah, you're right, mate. I think it'll be a pre-contract until, um, well, It'll be a pre-contract coming in, so I, I don't know, mate. I don't, I don't know which one this is going to play out. I would be surprised if he doesn't sign for us personally, but crazier things have happened, don't they? And then one last bit of news is <clears throat> Mike Padgett in the Sentinels called for Lou Macari to be knighted. Um, for obviously not just for his footballing work, obviously Scotland Man United, Stoke manager, Celtic manager, but more for his work with the homeless and Stoke on Trent. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a campaign I can get behind. I think he's done a fantastic job. And he should be very proud of himself for the work he's done getting the homeless uh, off the streets in Stoke. Yeah, no arguments from me there, mate. There's always something in the Sentinel about some other campaign and stuff he's doing in there. And it's, I think it's amazing. Some like the, um, I can't remember what the, what the name of them are now. They're like the little, um, oh, what are they? Not, not, not the, the wooden... Uh, sheds, oh, uh, what the pods, they? aren't they? Pods, them. pods. There we go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like the like the pods you see, and you know, he's obviously he's doing that purely just to give some back to to people. And when you first talk about Mike Pedgick, I thought he was on about Lou Macari coming back to play. I mean, you know, m- maybe there's room, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, I totally agree with you, Yeah, I, I don't tell you what, you know, the the new rumor of uh, Macari coming back to manage. They'll start doing the rounds before long. Um, <laughs> oh God, can you imagine? Can you imagine that? I, I, I wasn't around uh, really in the Lou Macari days. Um, well, I was was a, a very young child, but uh, yeah, 
won't, we won't go down that route. But no, good on good on Lou, and no complaints from me on that front. Yeah, Lou can leave the chicken suit in the wardrobe. No need to dust it off quite yet. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, not not quite yet. Just uh, keep it on reserve. <laughs> right, well, that rounds up the news. So let's uh, now move on to the real reason we're here. Let's review. Let's preview Preston. Yeah, so obviously, like I say, we welcome Preston on Monday afternoon. Uh, shocked a few people that we were playing 3pm on a Monday, I think. <laughs> a few people were outraged when they come out, but um, yeah, it's a bank holiday Monday. There should be plenty of people off work, hopefully, should get a decent crowd. Uh, we're sixth, they are 16th in the league, and this will be Ryan Lowe's second game as manager. Uh, but they haven't played since December the 11th, which obviously was his first. Uh, which was a 2-1 win against Barnsley. So they've been hit with COVID as well. Uh, so that's why they haven't played. So hopefully, you know, we can sort of take advantage of their rustiness the same way as Derby possibly did with us last night. Uh, the fact that we should now be in a bit more of a groove after playing a game. Um, so Stoke are eighth in the home table and Preston are 21st in the away table. They've taken nine points from 11 away games so far. They have two away wins against Middlesbrough and Bournemouth. So when they do win away, they seem to beat decent sides. Oh, well, <laughs> top, they'll be okay against sides. us then. <laughs> um, head-to-head isn't a great read, though. Since we were relegated from the Premier League, we have one win in seven against Preston. But we've only taken one point from three home games without scoring in any of those three games. That's not good. Uh, the last two meetings, we had a 1-1 draw at Deepdale this season. Um, and the last game at the Bet365 was a 0-0 draw last year. However, from that 0-0 draw last year, James Chester, Harry Souter, Reese Norrington-Davis, John Obi-McKell, Nick Powell and Christian Norton all started that game and probably won't be involved, uh, definitely won't be in a lot of them cases. So, you know, that's a big chunk of that side. Six out of the 11 uh, that, that won't be playing. So that's a, a very different Stoke side that we're taking the field. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, so you say Christian Norton um, made an appearance, did he? Yeah, he started that game, yeah, up front with Stephen Fletcher, who's another one who possibly won't be starting if the team yeah. is kept the same as last night. Did, actually, speaking of just completely off-field, Christian Norton, isn't he coming back in January? Haven't Cheltenham cancelled his loan? I believe so, yes. He hasn't scored for them yet. Um, yeah, never helps, does it, from a striker? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He's played quite a few games, uh, some off the bench, some starts, but yeah, he hasn't scored yet. Um, so he will be returning to the club in January. Okay, we'll uh, see how that one goes, but that's clearly another loan from if maybe have to go down a league, um, personally. I don't know. You don't, you don't know with these things, do you? You don't know whether it's just style of play that Charlton have that doesn't suit us or, 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 or sorry, suit him or, or whatever but um, yeah never great when a striker goes on loan and doesn't actually score so see how that one pans out yeah it, 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 like you say it, it is weird and sometimes you can't take too much from them can you because I know yeah. Harry Kane must have gone did Harry Kane go on about six or seven loan spells and never really caught fire did he no uh, he did do anything amazing there's that, there's that picture in there of um Nigel Pearson as Leicester manager, and he's got Harry Kane and Jamie Vardy sat on the bench. <laughs> yeah, life. wouldn't mind yeah. that now. <laughs> no, but obviously he didn't uh, obviously see fit that either of them should be playing, and obviously he was maybe wrong on that respect. 
But yeah, I think that means you know not every loan spell should be taken as a hundred percent. You know, player is a great, fantastic player prospect, or he should be thrown on a scrappy. I think it's you know requires a bit more than just just looking at the uh, the stats and the figures, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, mate. Let's let's see what happens. But um, yeah, as you said, a, a very very different team. Not not great uh, stats to be honest with you, but I don't know, mate. Again. We we can't we can't take a defeat against Preston. Oh, I, I, dread, I dread to think, mate. To be honest, lose, lose against Preston. We'll probably beat Lake Norrins. Actually, are you uh, are you taking the kids to Lake Norrins? Uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Um, or it's allowing. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I will be. It, it's been moved to the Sunday, hasn't it? That's another yeah, game two o'clock for international TV coverage, apparently. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't. Yeah, we couldn't get any uh, streaming for the the derby game the other night. <laughs> uh, quite quite amusing, that, isn't it? Um, yeah, I'm taking. So I'm taking the little man to Lake Norwich, mate. It should be hopefully a bit more fun. I'm taking into games that I think we're going to win. So I really should take into games that I think we're going to lose. I think that's probably the uh, the way forward, mate. So yeah, if if we lose, it's his fault. Well, I think you probably got to see a few uh, few younger players as well. So I, I always look forward to the cup games of that. You know, seeing some new players and seeing how they get integrated into the first team. You know, people like Wright Phillips like they get a run out. Yeah, and he was on the bench once last night. Yeah, it's a shame he didn't get a bit of a run. I mean, it would have been nice to see him for twenty minutes. A bit of an unknown, a player that the obviously Rooney couldn't have done any research on. Um, so yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean, he might get a run at fullback, <laughs> wing back, should I say? Because and they were just both the wing backs last night went down, didn't they? Josh Timing and Tommy Smith both had to go off for some treatment. I think um, was it Timing on his ankle was it? And, and Smith, I know Smith like was his back, wasn't it? Yeah, he's well like pulling his shorts down. All, all the women in rows one and two were loving that. <laughs> well, it just obviously, if, I mean, if both of them are struggling for Preston, then we, we're going to need a right wing back and a left wing back. To step forward, Tom Edwards. He'll I was going to say, when, when can Tom play for us? I Is believe it it's in January first. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he he could well come in for. I mean, he might come in for him anyway. The way he's been playing, but yeah, yeah. Smith Smith could well be if he's ruled out. Edwards could make his his return to the first team straight away. And then obviously on the left hand side, I don't know what we do with if time is not playing. I suppose we'd have to see if Alfie Doughty is. Back available. Well, he was on the bench last night, so I imagine he's he's fine. Yeah, we'd have to, you'd have to hope so, wouldn't you? Um, he's yeah. got a lot to prove, Alfie Dowdy has. Yeah, I think there's promise there. Isn't there? There's a player in there. He, he just hasn't really shown it yet. Um, yeah, I mean, what would you would you choose? Would you change either of those if they fit, or would you leave them in as they are? Um. I'm I'm starting to go into the camp of dropping Tommy Smith for for Tom Edwards. Give Tom a, a run out. From all the reports from America, is that he had a really good loan. Um, you know, shown some good attacking intent. And from a right wing back, it's exactly what you want. I mean, if if Edwards has sorted out his um, poor defensive positions and being beaten at the back post every time, if he if he sorted that out, then I think he's got every chance to be a really good right wing back. So you know, again, that's a positive. He can obviously play in defensive midfield now. He's been doing that a lot out there as well. Um, I, I still left wing back. I wouldn't want to replace Time, and I still think Timon's a good a good wing back. He's, he doesn't deserve to be dropped. But 
I think again, if it's a matter of knocks and stuff like that, then I wouldn't have any qualms about Doughty coming in. He again, he needs to step his game up a bit. But that, yeah, I, I wouldn't change things dramatically. No, I mean, obviously, we were talking earlier on, weren't we, about the Brown um, Campbell partnership not really working when it's been used. I mean, I, I personally, I think Stephen Fletcher's got to come in. Yeah, uh, I'd bring him in for Brown. I think um, because. I, he works. He works well with anyone he plays with, to be honest. Uh, Fletcher, but I think yeah, Fletcher Campbell. If they can sort of you know reignite that partnership they had last season, then I think um, yeah, I think we're in for a good second half of the season. But the more they play together, the better it's going to be for us. And I'd, I'd be bringing Fletcher in for Brown. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do exactly the same, mate. You're right. I mean, Fletcher at least has the added benefit that he can hold the ball up as well. He doesn't need to be so. You know, flicking it on every every five seconds, you know, you can hold that ball up, which sometimes you need, especially with our defence being, sorry, our midfield being so, um, well, defensive midfield, <laughs> effectively, the, the lack of spark. So I think that's definitely a good thing. But I'm with you, mate, yeah. Bring Fletcher in. Um, Surridge, I mean, it's it fair to Surridge last night. He didn't have much time to really do anything, did he? Um, yeah, so For a couple of minutes, wasn't he? Yeah, a couple of minutes. I think it's like 86 minutes, something he came in. I don't know. I don't know where Surridge is fitting in at the minute. He just seems to have not found his place in the team. Um, so I think you can only make that change for, for Fletcher, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think Surridge is the kind of player who, when you're whipping balls into the box, getting forward, using the whip, he's the kind of player who wants, you know, six-yard box. I think he'll score a ton full of goals if he's if that's how we're going to play. Uh, but we seem, I mean, start of the season, he was getting a load of chances because that's how we were playing. But we are struggling, I think, in getting that ball out wide at the minute. We don't seem to be using the wingers, the wing backs anywhere near as much as we were at the start of the season. No. Um, whether that comes from the personnel that we've got now and not being able to transfer the ball quickly and accurately, uh, you know, taking more touches, more passes to get it through. That's probably in the year. And then the opposition get themselves set more and you know, drop in deeper. That's probably what's happening. But to me, I think at the minute, the midfield picks itself because there isn't anybody. Unless we can clone Tom Edwards and get him playing defensive mid and right wing back, and, yeah, <laughs> then uh, I think we've only got the three midfielders, aren't we, really available uh, who can play in the middle. Could, so then, could, oh, sorry, just interrupt me. Um, could Mario not play where Klukas is and Tom Ince come in, in, in place of um, effectively Mario's position so he can play more of like a I don't know, withdrawn number number ten or something like that. So you can play. Maybe is that a position like the attacking midfield that Ince could maybe come in, try it, try it that way. Yeah, because I think Mario has played deeper, hasn't he, at the start of the season, and yeah. he did sort of work a bit because I think he played alongside sort of Allen, didn't he? And then you know, I think Powell who was pushed a little bit further forward. Um, so Ince could do what Powell was doing in like August time before Sawyer's came in. Uh, yeah, I, I could see that. You know, Ince. To be fair to Tom Ince this season, I mean, everyone wrote him off, me included, in the summer. You know, yeah, didn't me. want to see him in a Stoke shirt again, get rid. This season, I think he started three games, which I believe were all League Cup games, and he's made six sub appearances, and he's got himself three goals. So, Jimmy, he's, I mean, there's only, well, there isn't many players who've got more than three this season. And Fletcher's got three, Ante, and Francis has got three. Uh, there's only like Powell. Powell and Brown, who've got more goals than that. 
Yeah, yeah. You, you got me thinking. You know, does he deserve a little bit of more game time and a start? Yeah, I suppose you know the fact he's been on the bench for a long time, and there's been other players who haven't been on the bench that we touched on earlier on, didn't we? Um, you know, you see as you your Austin guards. Does that indicate that in the manager's eyes, he is worthy of a place on the bench? Like he's putting the effort in and training, and he's actually showing a bit of willing. Has he won Michael O'Neill round enough? Maybe. It's, it's, I, I give it a shot, mate. It can't be any worse than last night. So just give him a shot. Put Mario into Lucas's position and bring Ince in for, for Mario's and have him, as I said, in that attacking midfield spot. Can't yeah. do any harm. And if we get to half time and it's not working, he's not he's not putting the effort in. He's not because you have to in the in the midfield, don't you? you have, it's, it's different to playing right wing. He's got to run around. He's yeah. got to get stuck in. He's got to press. That's the main thing. It's not aimlessly running around. He's got to do the right work rate. He's got to press. And you know when, especially if Fletcher's on, you know Fletcher's going to be pushing one centre half. You got Campbell, you know fullback centre half the other side. He's got to be making sure that he's up with them too and putting the pressure on and not allowing any easy balls out. If he does that, then it's going to work because obviously when he gets the ball to his feet, he's got the ability. But obviously if he doesn't work, then the manager can always say at half-time, you know what, I'll give you a chance. You've not taken it. It's time, you know, Sam, Sam Klukas can then come on. And it might just give Klukas the kick up the backside and say, Jesus, there's only three centimetres available for three spots and I haven't been picked. I need to put my game up here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, and uh, just seen Coventry has been rearranged. There we go. Literally, as we're speaking, mate, Coventry has been rearranged. 25th of January. So we play Fulham at home on the 22nd. Oh, bloody hell. Okay, Fulham on the 22nd, 25th is Coventry, 28th is Huddersfield. Surely one of them's got to move. Are we really seeing three three games in that week? I've I've just seen a comment on Twitter, just looking at it now after you said, I've just refreshed Twitter, and the first comment that come up says, whoever has organised this needs shooting. Three games in six days is ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, so Saturday the 22nd, to Tuesday the 25th, to Friday the 28th. Surely move it to the 29th. Wow. It's, it's international week, that is. Oh, it's forget the internationals. It's a load of crap, anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, Yes, there you go. We even bring you breaking news now as well. It's a shame it's not yeah. live. Um, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, soon to be out of date breaking news. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think the back three picks itself, doesn't it as well? Well, the back three and the keeper, we can't really change much there, can we? Um, well, Mott, Bart, Fox, Davies in goal. Um, yes, I mean, that, that's pretty much our side we've been through there, don't we? And now, I have been in touch with, we've got a little fan of the pod, is a Preston fan, uh, Jimmy, and he's uh, given us his views on uh, how he feels Preston season's gone so far. Evening all, it's Jimmy from the From the Friendly podcast here. Um, just previewing Monday's game um, down at Stoke. Um, in terms of how we're doing the season, yeah, where do I start? Um, it's not been a great season for us so far. Another league table probably shows a little bit differently. 
Um, but performances have been very poor, to say the least, for the vast majority of the season. Playing a very bland style of football um, under our previous head coach, um, who we parted ways with um, at the start of December. Ryan Lewis come in, only had one game in charge when we uh, beat Barnsley. Um, obviously, a lot of COVID postponements, like a lot of teams in the Championship at this moment in time. So, difficult to know particularly what to expect from Monday's game from our point of view. We've not played since the 11th of December. Um, the football that we saw against Barnsley was good. Um, a much improved uh, display and performance and back to an attacking style of play. He plays um, a sort of a 3-1-4-2 shape uh, with a holding six midfielder and two eights ahead of him and relies on his width from his wing back. So, be interesting how he gets on in terms of um, shape because obviously I know you guys play quite a similar um, style of play. In terms of I suppose just comparing it to the game at Deepdale, I know if you if you guys will have come to the game at Deepdale back in September and I thought Stoke battered us for the first half an hour until Ben Whiteman um, scored his free kick goal and I think the second half turned into a bit of a non-event. Um, our keeper was man of the match. I think Stoke had about 21 shots that day. So I think that shows what we were up against that day. And I think any Stoke fan that came to the game will probably think Preston were awful. And I couldn't really disagree with them if they said that, to be honest with you. In terms of how I think we'll get on, I'd settle for a point, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, looking through our, the stats when we previewed the game, you know, Stoke have. There's only four teams in the league that have collected more clean sheets than Stoke this season. You know, we've only kept two clean sheets in our 11 games away from home, so I think there's goals in it. Uh, I think if Stoke get an early goal, then it'll be it'll give the impetus to ourselves to try and take the game to you guys and you try and pick us off, um, especially through Tyrese Campbell, who I think's a cracking player for this level. I know, obviously, he's only just coming back from injury. Um, and I suppose you're managing his minutes at this moment in time, but you know he's a player that can definitely have that step up to the Premier League over the next 12 to 18 months whether that's with Stoke or or without um, you know I, I previewed Stoke at the start of the season on our podcast and I thought you'd finish top six still think that's a, a real possibility I know you've had a, a bit of an indifferent few games but I think Michael O'Neill's a, a great coach at this level and I think, you know, whilst the style of play might be sometimes a little bit boring on the eye, I think you grind out results when you need to. And I think that's what will get into the top six eventually this season. Um, so, yeah, I'll take a point all day long on Monday. It'll just be good to get be back in the ground. Um, I've been not being in a stadium for nearly a month. Um, so, yeah, just looking forward to the game. And, um, yeah, hopefully it's a, an entertaining spectacle. But, yeah, have a good game, lads. Cheers. Thanks for that, Jimmy. Uh, much appreciated there, mate. And yeah, so we obviously Jimmy's not the only one we've been asking about the game. We've also got the local radio sensation, Graham McGarry. Hi there, you Potters podcast people. Hello there, it's Graham McGarry back again after the international break. I hope you enjoyed your little breather from your football. This is Graham McGarry with that Potter's prediction. Let's hope we get it right this weekend. Stoke City 2, Hull City 0. Stoke 1, West Brom 0. Stoke are ready to win at home. 2-0 for the Potters.
First of all, a happy new year for me, Graham and Gary, to all you Potters fans. Unfortunately, the Potters prediction has just gone wrong in the last couple of weeks. And of course, the last game for Stoke didn't end the way they wanted to do to finish off 2021 with a victory. But unfortunately, it went the other way and the visiting team Derby came away from the bet 365 with the three points. Well, Ryan Lowe brings his Preston team to the bet 365 on Monday night, of course for the first game of 2022 and hopefully Stoke City can bounce back and hope there'll be some players back as well from injury because this is a tough time for Michael O'Neill to get that strong side out and keep that place around the playoff positions but hopefully they'll get a bouncing back and the crowd will be right behind them tough game going to be hard Preston are coming in a bit of a decent form since Ryan Lowe has taken over and I think it's going to be a night where Stoke will have to take just a point. Stoke City 2, Preston 2. Oh, goals galore then, Graham. Oh, my goals galore, both ends. 2-2. Two, two. The Desmond. Two, two. Well, he's, he's been predicting <laughs> wins and losses for us recently, so I, I like how he's gone down the middle now and said, sorry, I'm not getting either of them right, so I'm just going to go for a draw. <laughs> <laughs> oh man no cheers Graham thank you mate uh, but no in terms of 2-2 two, two, uh, I don't know where the goals will come from for a start to be honest I think we're very capable of conceding there's no doubt about that but um, I've been impressed I think Ryan Lowe likes to play an attacking style doesn't he he does like get the ball down and pass it around yeah. I think it's different to how Frank McAvoy is it McAvoy was, was in charge at Preston before I think um it's a bit different to how he was setting them up. So obviously, I suppose it depends how much work he's been able to do on the training ground with them since you know with all the COVID and everything they've had. Uh, but if he if he comes attacking wise, I think that's the kind of style we like to play. Yeah. We don't like teams who sit in and defend. We like teams that leave us gaps. And uh, yeah, because we have got some. You know, if we, if we can get Mario and especially like Fletcher and stuff, if he's got the opportunity to get the ball down and knock it around. Then you've got, like, say, Tyrese, who can uh, hopefully be back on form. But you look like I was watching last night. And I thought, you know what? He looks a different forward now, Tyrese. He, he's got, he's good. He's, he's good on the ball. He's spreading the play well. He's looking a lot more mature as a striker yeah. and a lot more as a team striker. However, he just seems to be lacking that explosiveness, especially in that final third. You know, like, like the pace and everything that he had before where you thought my defenders would be terrified. Just seems to be missing that at the minute. And hopefully that'll come with, you know, uh, whether that's fitness, whether that's his body and how he's built himself up now, whether that's... But hopefully he'll find, you know, find the happy medium where, where he can recreate, uh, the, obviously, his form from, from before his injury, uh, which I'm sure he will. You know, he's young, he's just got to give him time to get that but. Yeah, that's what we'll be looking for. Maybe this, maybe Monday will be the day. Hopefully so, mate. Yeah, hopefully so. But no, Graham, appreciate the the two two uh, score line, mate. And yeah, I just we, we've got to come away with something. We can't lose again. So um, yeah, let's see how it goes. I'm going to go for a two nil win. By the way, two nil, and I just talked myself into a Campbell double. Well, I'm going to tell you what, then I'll be. I'll be positive, but less positive. Uh, one nil, an own goal, <laughs> just, just to top it off. Well, I mean, 
Well, we've got no quiz this week to end with, have we? Uh, okay. Uh, who's who's the uh, who's the charity of uh, of the championship? Charity, <laughs> the mighty mighty Potters. <laughs> Yeah, one, out go, one. one out of one. You're doing good. Um, who can who can make a team at the bottom of the division look really good? Stoke. Oh yeah, two out of two. Well done. See, we could just keep going with this, couldn't we? We could just keep plucking them out of thin air. Um, yeah, we'll have to bring the quiz back for for the next pod. I think. Always good to you see a full flat in your face. You want to pick your subject? Um. No, I think I'll I'm gonna I'll, I'll put a tweet out uh, and stuff, and we'll ask people to to vote on it. I think. I'll have a think. Uh, I'm happy with that. And with that, I think we should round. I think we should knock this on the head, round it up. It is New Year's Eve after all. It's recording. Have you got any plans for New Year's Eve? Or uh, nice Chinese, Chinese. I think is on the on the horizon tonight. That um, uh, TM with the missus and the kids. Well, enjoy it, mate. I must admit, we. We'd normally go around the mother and father-in-laws and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that pans out. But enjoy your Chinese, and uh, I'm sure we'll speak <laughs> again next week. Right. Have a good New Year, folks. And you take care. Bye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.